morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Glad everybody made it out this morning. Keep in prayer. We got some people uh, that are out sick. Take your Bibles. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. I read a passage uh, the last couple of days and it kind of stuck with me. I started thinking about it and uh, it's an amazing thing uh, how God uses different things in our Bible. Revelation cha- or Hebrews chapter 11 in one hand and then uh, Genesis chapter 6 in the other. Just read a couple of verses here and, and then we'll go over to Genesis chapter 6 for a few minutes. Hebrews eleven six 6 it says, uh, 11.6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. I do ask you to bless this message. Lord, if there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you as their personal Savior today, Lord, today would be a great day for that. Uh, Lord, I, I just thank you for my salvation, and uh, Lord, for 43 years, uh, it's been a blast, and I, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, uh, Lord, but today, Lord, I just pray you to help me uh, get this message across, and we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. He's talking to, about Noah here, and, and the great uh, chapter of faith over there, Noah's mentioned... And, and he says that by, I like in that passage there where he goes, by the which he condemned the world. Uh, we're coming up on a thing called Christmas. It's a, it's a holiday. It's a Christian holiday. It's not a worldly holiday. It's supposed to be our. Brethren, you know that the birth of Jesus Christ condemned this world? That's exactly what. Go over to Genesis. Genesis chapter 6. Let's look at Noah here for a few minutes, and then I'll finish it up with that, that thought there in just a second. Noah Noah is sitting here minding his own business. He's 500 years old. Uh, I've said a couple times that uh, it was 120 years. It really wasn't 120 years. Uh, it took Noah about 75 years to build that ark. But it says there in verse 13, uh, Noah got a revelation from God. In verse 13, it says, and God said unto Noah. Now, I'll tell you, I've mentioned that in Sunday school. Sometimes God will tell you exactly what to do. Uh, you got to make a decision on what to do or what not to do. Noah, it took him about 75 years to build this ark, him and his boys. Now, I don't know, you'll hear people say, oh, the Nephilims helped him, Nephilims or whoever they are. Uh, no, they didn't. I don't know who helped Noah. I don't know if Noah and his sons built it. Uh, if you build, and I did some research on this, a, a luxury liner, the cruise liners that everybody wants to go out riding on that's like 10 miles high and 14 miles long and, and all the different hotel rooms and compartments and everything else, it takes them 40 to 48 months to build one of those. And there's thousands, maybe a couple thousand, two, three thousand people working on these at all the time. And 24 hours a day, uh, for almost four years, it'll take them before they get this thing to where it can go out to sea and pick up passengers and take them out. Noah, Noah had some time. It said he was 500. At the, at the end of chapter 5, it says that Noah was 500 years old when he begot Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Almost sounds like they're triplets, uh, but he had three boys. It says he was 500 years old. I, I seriously doubt three boys in cribs could help him build an ark a, at any time. So somewhere down through this passage here, the Lord starts talking to him and says, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come unto me. The revelation. Noah got a revelation from God. Yeah, Have you ever had a revelation from the Lord? You read your Bible and all of a sudden it just falls out and hits you in the face. Uh, it says, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that God's a little ticked here, uh, and, he's, and he really doesn't sound mad. He's just saying, hey, this is what I'm going to do. 
And all through your Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, that's exactly what he said. He's never changed his tone anywhere. When you get out to Revelation chapter 1, me and Beth was talking on the way over here uh, today, and, and I'm going to take a look at that real quick. But in Revelation chapter 21, uh, the, the chapter starts out interesting. I like it. I like it. But again, you just got to believe God. A lot of people say, oh, well, that's just allegory. That's this. That's that. No, I think God's really going to do it. I, I think if he spoke it into being, he can unspoke it into being. Uh, he unspoke it out of being. Uh, he, he says, and I saw the new heaven and new earth. Singular. <coughs> Beth said, all the planets are going to be gone. All this, no, 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 I didn't say that. So if you know anything about your Bible, the, the earth has had the first heaven. There's three heavens right now. Paul said I called it the third heaven. The first heaven extends from the surface of the earth out to the outer atmosphere where the birds fly. The second heaven is where all the stars, moon, sun, and all that other stuff is. And the third heaven is where God's throne is. Well, he says here in Revelation, he says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. So he is getting rid of the atmosphere and he's getting rid of the earth. And so really anything that we do down here is a waste of time. <coughs> he says, uh, set your treasure, set your treasures in heaven above. That's where you should be putting everything down here. You don't really want much down here. You got to live. Got that. I'm okay with that. Uh, you got to take care of business. You got to do all that stuff. I got that. But really, when it comes right down to it, this world is not your home, and you're just passing through, and you're getting out of here, so who really cares? And he's looking at Noah here, and this isn't the first time he did this, and it ain't going to be the last time he does this. The Lord, and people say, well, I can't believe the Lord would do that. Oh, uh, you better be, get your believing hat on, because he does, he, he really, at 80,000 here, 70,000 here, he went out in the field one night, cleaned 186,000 of the enemy out in one night, and they were all but dead corpses in the morning, and the Lord just thinks of that as absolutely nothing. When Jesus Christ said, let the dead bury the dead, that seems like a very hard thing to say, but coming from God, it's not that hard. You know what the Lord's looking for? He's looking for those that want him. And those that trust him, that's what this whole purpose is. He's trying to get out of this thing. Uh, there's an innumerable number, number of angels that's going to be thrown into the lake of fire. Because they, they went against God in heaven. You say, well, doesn't God care? Yeah, he does. But they went against him. And they sinned. And in his presence, no sin can dwell. So here it says that the end of all flesh has come before me. And he goes, and I will destroy at the end of that verse. He says, and I will destroy them with the earth. Then he makes a, a proposition to Noah. He says, Noah, he says, you found grace in my eyes. He says, make thee an ark of gopher wood. You know, when Noah starts building that ark, it takes him 75, somewhere between 75, zero and 75 years. We obviously know it's a little bit longer than that. Well, since he didn't have thousands of men and it, it didn't say that, and he didn't have the cranes and all the welders and everything else he needed, you didn't really need to weld food, uh, wood. Uh, and, and he didn't have a propulsion system he had to worry about. He didn't have to have radar. He didn't have to have communications or none of that stuff. He didn't have electrical wiring all the way through the building. Uh, and all that other stuff. All he had to do was get a bunch of animals on board that God's going to send. He just had to have the spaces for them, and he's got to get the food on board to feed them. Uh, it, it made it a little bit simpler, but it's still a pretty monumental task to build an ark that big. He tells him how big to build it. It's, a, it's the size of one of our small aircraft carriers in the day. Uh, he goes, and make thee an ark of gopher, uh, gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark. And she'll pitch it within and without. I'm just, I'm leading up to the message. The message is only three, three verses quick at the end here. Very quick. Brethren, you know, he tells us exactly what to do. I've heard people say, well, I can't do what God told me to do. Noah did. Noah had three little boys and he did it. <coughs> What's your excuse? Well, I got all my kids, you know, I, I got to take care of my kids. And, oh, my wife is just at home pulling her hair out because she can't do it. God told Noah to build an ark or you're going to die. 
with them. That's an incentive. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty much an incentive. But he didn't give a time. He just said, do it or you're going to be toast, man. And he says, Noah, you found grace in my eyes. He said, and then he tells him the plan. He says, the length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. A cubit is from the hand here to here, which is about 18 inches on, on some people. <clears throat> it might be from here to the tip of the finger, I think. I, th I thought it was from here to here. Uh, but uh, I think a, a cubit's 18 inches. So 300 cubits would be about 450 feet long. And then you can figure the height and the width and everything else with the rest of it from that. He said the length of the ark is, is 300 cubits and the breadth of the uh, 50 cubits and the, the height 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make in the ark. I've seen people draw this thing up and they have windows all over the place and it look like a cruise liner and it's not that. And it, and it shall be, and a, in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof. So if you, if you can imagine this square box, it's a rectangular box, uh, so high, so wide, so long, rectangular. Uh, there was no kill. It was, you, know, you look at the kill of a ship, and that's the, the pointy thing at the very bottom of the ship, and, and everything comes off of that. There was none of that. The whole bottom was flat. It was a flat-bottom boat made to be flat-bottom. You get more stuff in a flat-bottom cube than you can all the other stuff and losing everything. So he told him exactly how to build it. And behold, I, even I, will bring, uh, he says, verse 17, he says, and behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth. It never rained up to that point. Uh, there has never been a flood. They didn't know what the flood would be. He's taken God at his word. And the Lord's told him something, and there's a relationship between Noah and the Lord up to the 500 years that must have been there. Uh, he's seen what he did to Enoch. He's seen some of the other stuff. He knew the story of Cain and Abel and what happened to Cain. He knew some of the other bad stuff. And he's seen what was going on in the world at that time. Brethren, you've got to have your eyes open to what's going on in the world at this time. <clears throat> I would like to say the world is perfect. I would love to say that. It's just not. I would like to say everything is going great and, and, you know, the future's all out there. It is just, I can't say that. I wish I could. I see it going down further and further and further. And I mentioned that uh, today in, in Sunday school, but uh, the GF Hallmark, if you like Hallmark, you're a sick puppy. Uh, if you like GAF, you're even worse. GAF, well, GAF, I don't have a problem with GAF yet. Uh, but the, there's a group of actors. It, it isn't the, 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 the channels. It's the actors within the channels. What they've done is they've got so soft inside that they think, that oh, we gotta, we got to just be love and everything. And Jesus is all love and all this other stuff. So we got love, 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 love. And you got that thing completely wrong by this. <clears throat> I don't see in here where Noah says, oh, but God, you're a God of love, love, love. Don't you just love everybody and you just want to love all over them? And you can't do that. No, no, I don't see Moses doing that either. <clears throat> if God, <clears throat> the Lord and Moses ever got on the same sheet of music, I pity us, man. God would say, I'm going to kill them all. Moses would say, oh, Lord, don't kill them. Take my name out. No, no. And then one day Moses would say, Lord, kill them all. And the Lord said, I don't think I'm going to today. <clears throat> if them two would have ever got on the same sheet of music, we wouldn't be here either. But you sit here and look at this thing, and Moses, or Noah is told to build an ark. And he's, and he's given the dimensions and everything else. <clears throat> he's really not given a time frame to do it. He's just told to do it. You know what Noah starts doing? He starts building an ark. And then he says, I'm going to bring you this. I mean, if you want faith, if you believe this, you, you got all the faith you need. You can, do, you can move a mountain. This is a crazy thing. He tells this man with three little babies and a wife that's probably at home yelling at him uh, about the three babies. I, I don't even think they're married yet. They probably didn't get married down there. No woman in their right mind would marry a guy building an ark. 
I don't know of any lady that would look and say, oh, well, yeah, man, you're a good. I mean, everybody's like laughing at you. And, and I don't know when these boys got married down through there, but probably around uh, five, when Moses was about 525 years old is when they started building this ark. <clears throat> boys were big enough to get some work done. Moses was 525 years old, still, still pretty healthy. He's going to live quite a while. And they start building this ark. And they start putting it together board by board, by piece by piece, and beam by beam, and pitching it and yawing it and all this other stuff with everything. And never seen water before rain, never seen none of that stuff, but they just trust God and they're going to do the thing. And he goes, at the end of this thing, he goes, but I, he said, but with thee will I establish my covenant, verse 18, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy, and thy wives, and thy sons' <clears throat> wives with thee, and every living thing of all flesh, two of every, uh, every sort, shall thou bring into the ark and keep them alive uh, with thee. Uh, they shall be male and female. And he goes and says 20 of the fowl and 20 of this and 10 of this and whatever that. <clears throat> they say that uh, Darwin, Darwin says the, the, uh, the survival of the fittest and, and it was uh, the process of elimination where uh, you, the, the breeds eliminated themselves and only certain ones survived. Uh, they say in two dogs, if you had two dogs, that all the dogs in the world are within those two dogs and that you could breed any dog out of those two dogs. I don't know if you could take two chihuahuas and get some Great Danes out of that. I have no idea. <clears throat> I don't know how long it would take to do that. I don't know what two mixtures you need. Whatever it was, God was going to provide these things for Noah, and Noah just had to have the ark done so that when the Lord was ready to bring these things to him, he, he had done his part. Uh, we need to do sometimes our part. Amen. It's just part of life. That's what you got to do. The reaction of Noah. Now, you would think that somebody, I'm, oh, I'm so sick of hearing people when they come up. I can't do that. I can't do that. You don't hear Noah say that. Noah says, I guess he was at such awed at, at God, number one, talking to him. And then the Lord telling him what to do. And the, the, the gravity of the situation was grave. And the, the, the size of the project was uh, astronomical. And Noah goes this in verse 22, his reaction, thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Do you know you can do anything God tells you to do? God would never tell you to do something you couldn't do. And, and just because somebody else does something that you may think is greater than you, you may not be able to do what somebody else does, but God knows what you're capable of doing, and he'll give you what you can do. And then he's going to ask you, you know what he's looking for? Is somebody say, okay. You know, God knew that he was going to have to provide Noah with all the material to build this ark. God knew he was going to have to give Noah all the animals, and he's going to have to... How in the world could you possibly go around the planet and get all these animals when you're not a botanist or you're not a, a, a whatever, to be an animal lover, tree-hugging whatever? You know, I mean, <clears throat> how would you know what animals to get? The Lord knew exactly which animals to bring him. What the Lord was looking for, Noah, you got to start. Noah said, I'll do it, man. So did he. The reaction of Noah. Noah starts, his reaction was right. Then he readied. Readied by Noah. The ark, it took him about 75 years, at least 75 years. It could have taken him some shorter than that. But it says in the 1600, you go to uh, chapter 7, verse 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house, uh, every clean beast, da, 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 da. says, uh, oh yeah, verse five, six, uh, seven, five. And Noah did according unto all that the Lord had commanded him. And Noah, verse six, was 600 years old when the flood of waters. 
<coughs> so the end of chapter uh, 5 says he's 500. Going into the ark, he's 600. He had three little boys when he talks about over in the end of 5. The boys had to grow up to some size to get moving here, unless Noah did it by himself uh, up to the time these boys grew up to where they could help him. And he had the Nephilims help him, I guess. I don't know. <clears throat> you hear people say weird stuff. None of us was there. You have no idea what, this, what, what Noah used. Uh, you know that the people probably thought he was crazy. But Noah readied the ark. If it took him 75 years to build the ark, that's what he did for 75 years. He did not care about going to the movies. He did not care about laser shooting or hunting. Or <clears throat> he did not care about going fishing. He did not care. He cared about feeding his family and building that ark. You know what? When you start doing what God says do, what you'll find out that this other stuff just starts weighing, going off to the wayside. And it really just doesn't matter about that stuff a whole lot anymore. Is it fun? Yeah, it's fun. Is it okay? Yeah. But when you start looking at what God wants to do and you start getting into the, the, the grandeur of what God wants and you, you're like, he's, he's allowing me to be part of that, all of a sudden that seems to mean a little bit more than anything else. Uh, this is my Christmas message. A Christmas message, by the way. It's, we're going to get there in a second. Noah took him 75 years. Noah and his sons knew once the ark was completed <clears throat> what God's plan was. He's going to kill everybody. Now, brethren, you, you know what we know today, that one day the Lord is going to come back. I believe in the rapture. And one day he's coming back and he's going to take me out. I know that. What am I doing with what I know? You know what these boys did? They built an ark. They knew <clears throat> that people were going to get mad at them. You're building that ark. It says right there in, uh, in Hebrews over there, I read that verse, it says, by which he condemned the world. You know, every board he put in that ark was condemning the world. You know why people get mad at Christians? Because you're condemning them. If you sit there and say, I'm a Christian, and you live a Christian life, do you realize you're, by your nature, your very nature, you're telling them there's a heaven and a hell, and there's a way to go to heaven, and there's a way not to go to heaven. And everybody's on their way to hell, and you're on your way to hell if you're not going to heaven. You know what that is? That you're condemning the world. You don't have to even plan to do that. That's exactly what you're doing. <clears throat> I learned that on a ship out there. Man, I had a thousand men mad at me one time. The whole ship was mad at me. By the end of that thing, I had about half of them or three quarters of them on my side. But I tell you what, I had to go through the pits for about four months on that ship to get that thing done. I never told Beth one time what was going on on that ship. She said, Mike, I never knew any of that was going on with you. It wasn't, her, it, wasn't her, it wasn't her concern. You know what my concern was? I went to work every day on that ship. I put up with those men on that ship. I wouldn't do what they wanted me to do, which was sin against God. You know what they're doing outside this ship right here? They're eating and drinking and giving in marriage and having fun and partying and, and doing all the going to rock concerts and all that other stuff. Uh, they're listening to the Rolling Stones and all them other people out there. And, and Noah and his boys aren't doing that. Oh, they're missing out on life. Some of these other people are going to be missing out on life here real soon. They're going to be missing out on all life. All life is going to be gone. But Noah readies the ark. He gets the thing ready. Why? Because the Lord told him to. Something got into Noah's life that showed him how serious this thing is. And Noah built that ark. These stories in the Bible just aren't stories, by the way, just to be stories. God set them there for a purpose. Rescue... Rescued due to Noah. Noah and his sons, the Lord told him, said, get in the ark. <clears throat> Chapter 6. And it came to pass 
uh, no, chapter 7, verse 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou, after Noah completed his task, the vessel was made, the ark was finished, a ramp was going up to the ark, God started bringing the animals in. I bet you that really freaked out a lot of people about that time. They started seeing two, first two little animals come and two come. You see two big old hippopotamuses pop up. And then a couple of alligators uh, and crocodiles. Now, I don't even know if you, I don't know if two crocodiles will get you two alligators or whatever, but it, who cares? Uh, the sliver, slivering little snakes. And then it comes a couple of elephants, man, and lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. And nobody got to eat. Nobody had no problem. They were all loving each other and, and having a good time. And these people outside there watching, I've had people say there's millions, if not billions, of people on the planet at the time. But around the ark, there probably wasn't. If you had a city the size of Dallas, you know, 13, 14 million people close by where he's at. Noah, he said, Noah, bring your sons and your daughters, your sons-in-laws, your daughter-in-laws, your wife, bring them on the ark. And they walk up, and here's this door on the side of the ark, and the ramp is sitting there, and the door is just sitting there, and they walk right past the door and never think nothing about the door. The door is just sitting there, and they don't really realize that one of these days the Lord's going to shut that thing, and when he does, it's all over. They're rescued because of what Noah did. Noah, the Lord told Noah what to do. He didn't tell his three sons what to do, and he didn't tell his wife what to do. His wife and his sons and his daughter-in-laws followed suit and just followed what Noah was doing. Could you imagine how crazy that looked, really, honestly? Uh, Bill Crosby did a thing on that, and I know a lot of people hate Bill Crosby for this and everything, but you can't negate everything somebody does. It's still humorous. And he starts talking about the Lord coming down and telling him to build an ark, and he makes it fun. Well, you go to 84 Lumber and get the wood. What do you do? Well, there wasn't an 84 Lumber at that time. They had to go cut the trees down. They had to do this. They had to do all that stuff to get the material to do it. And, and the world just looked at him like, what is this wacko crazy nut? He's just a, an eccentric nut out there doing what he's doing. He's insane. He's crazy. He can't. But, but the Lord told him what to do. You know what that tells you? How few people the Lord actually tell what to do. That nobody out there even saw what Noah was doing. It was revealed by his actions. Something revealed. Noah's actions revealed something. It said that the, back over in, in the Hebrews, it said, by the which he condemned the world. He saved his family, but he condemned the world. You know what he revealed to the world out there when... He built that ark. God said, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you, one of these days, one of these days, he's coming back. And when he does, the church is gone. I don't care what people think. It doesn't really matter. It's what this Bible says. I know exactly what it says. Uh, I'm a realist. I'm, I know what it says. It says what it says. You don't have to make it up. There's coming a day he's going to come back and he's going to call his church out of here. And when he does, all hell's going to break loose on this planet. And there's going to be a seven-year period called the tribulation, great tribulation. The great, it's going to be Daniel's 70th week, and the last half of Daniel's 70th week is the great tribulation, which is three and a half years. <clears throat> and when he gets done with that, the millennium's going to start. But there's a seven-year period that's coming up on us that is, is nothing but misery. You know when he built that ark and that door was just hanging wide open, what he was telling the world? That God still has grace and mercy. And the door's wide open and you can come in anytime you want. 
And the whole time that I, I, I don't know when he put that door on or, or at, at what point it says the Lord's second and third story. So that door was up probably on the high, the top story that where it was. Cause when you actually sent that boat, boat in the water, it's going to sink down and it's going to have a, a level where it's buoyant. And, and if the water level comes up to the second story somewhere, it has to be watertight up to that point and it can't get water in that door and the door is going to be sealed anyways. But he's got to shut the door. It's in the upper story. Anybody could have walked on that boat anytime they wanted. Not one person on the face of this planet did that. If this story is true, they'll say, oh, well, a lot of religions, a lot of different people out there, ancient cultures have a story of a great flood. Yeah, they got it from Noah. That's where they got that thing. It wasn't that they got it from them. No, they keep trying to say, oh, there's older cultures. There's old. No, there's not. There's only one story in your Bible where it tells you how this place got started. I like it when they talk about the Big Bang. What a bunch of idiots, man. I'm talking about all of our scientists and everything out there. They're a bunch of morons as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> the Bible sits there. I heard one scientist say this. He goes, I don't know why they have a problem. He goes, the Bible says it went boom. <laughs> and they're saying, we didn't even think about that till the 20th century. And this thing was written 6,000 years ago that that's how it happened. Somebody back there obviously knew something we don't know. You know, we sit there and we take our Bible and we throw it out the window like, oh, it's just a book. No, that's more than just a book. First of all, God couldn't, there's no possible way he could write everything that he ever did in one little book and stick it on. This planet, this universe would not hold the books. So he gives you a book that is, is written by the hand of God. And he tells you in this book exactly what you need to know to get through this thing. I'm like, this is cool as anything. He shows you grace and mercy. But, but, the, passage, but the passage goes on and says, by the which? Well, let's read the whole verse. By faith, it takes faith to do this. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen. There's some things we haven't seen yet getting ready to happen. He said, moved with fear prepared an ark for, to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world. <clears throat> there came a day when God shut that thing and then they found out the condemnation and judgment of God. When that door was shut, you don't get the second chance. You know how you know that God's salvation is forever? Because you can't lose it. If you don't get it, you never can get it again. There's only one way to get it. And once you got it, you could never lose it. That's how sure that thing is. The, the, re, the rejection by the world. The world totally reject. We're coming up on a holiday called East, or Easter. <laughs> Same thing. Who cares, man? It's all you candy, toys, and everything else. Everybody else gets stuff, but Jesus Christ never gets anything. <clears throat> We're coming up on a holiday called Christmas. And you can think whatever you want about Christmas. I'm, I'm kind of neutral about the whole thing. Uh, I, think, I think it's a good thing. I think you can use it for God. I think you can use it for the Lord. I think you can reach out and reach it, people. But over 2,000 years ago, the Lord, God Almighty, brought his son into this world. And a woman named Mary was overshadowed by an angel, Gabriel, and she was impregnated by the Spirit of God, and she had a little boy. And they say, oh, that couldn't have happened. Yet today, in the 20th century, they can artificially inseminate a woman or a cow or a horse, and they can have animals. And they couldn't do it. They said, well, just because we can't do it. Have you ever thought there's, there's a lot of things just because you can't do it doesn't mean God can't? 
I mean, I start getting to this thing and I'm like, Lord, you know, we're just now touching on the surface of some of the things you've done for eternity. And we're sitting here saying, because we can't understand it, there's no possible way it could happen. And then things start coming to pass and we start seeing the thing. And I'm like, this is crazy. Hebrews 10.5 says, wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, sacrifices and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body that has prepared. You know what the Lord did 2,000 years ago? He prepared a vessel. He never does ask you to do something that he's not going to do. Noah couldn't produce a human vessel, so he made him build an ark. God made a vessel, and his name was Jesus Christ. He, Jesus Christ sits there and says, he says, but a body thou hast prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast no pleasure. You could do anything. People say, well, I've asked people before, I said, well, <clears throat> if you died today, would you go to heaven? Well, I think I would. Why do you think you would? Well, because I'm good, and I've done good, and if I weigh my good against my bad, I'm like, sorry, that don't work. It says right there, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast no pleasure. God could care less about anything we could possibly give him. There's nothing he wants. Psalm 45, 40 verse 5 says, Many, O Lord, my God, are thy wonderful works, which thou hast done, and thy thoughts, which are to usward, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Have you ever thought about that? The things he did just to get you on this planet, there's so many things he did that you couldn't number them if you started and tried to do it. I mentioned that in, in uh, my Sunday school class, just, just a, a little trip that I brought Beth over in the Mediterranean, all the things that happened, and I look back and see how the Lord orchestrated that whole thing. There is no possible way I could have done any part of that. And when I look back, each part happened to the next thing that happened that I would have had no idea that, that would have happened until this happened. There was no way I could have even planned that. You just go along for the ride, and the Lord takes you around that thing, and you just sit there and thank God for it all the way through and have fun. I, tell you, I don't know about you, but flying in a helicopter from an aircraft carrier over to two or three different ships is pretty cool, man. Out in the middle of the ocean. I mean, first of all, to get on an on a oiler and you head out to sea and you're on this big old oil ship out there heading out and they're feeding you like a king out there and then you got to go back to the pits on them ships. But they, they come over and bring a helicopter just for you to pick you up on this ship and they pick you up and take you over to the aircraft carrier and then you get to run around on the aircraft carrier for a little bit. And, and I mean, you get to do whatever you want, really. I mean, I just feel like I'm, I'm a child of the king. <clears throat> they draw me over there a day or so later. They say, hey, Mike, we're going to fly you over to your ship. We got to drop a couple of these other guys off on the way. And you get to go over and watch and look down. And I watch that guy get thrown into the, the fork truck and all smashed up. And I'm like, man, that looked like that hurt. And I'm just like, praise God, that wasn't me. That was him. I mean, you don't really want, well, maybe he's lost and he doesn't really know anything about it. And uh, maybe that's uh, somebody, he had to go through some trials and tribulations. I don't know what it was, but boy, that looked like that hurt. He looked like Tarzan when he went into that thing off that helicopter, man. Boom! And then drug him out of it. And he's laying there like this. And I, I'm sure he's, he's, in the VA system somewhere today. <laughs> but you sit there and look at all that. I said, Lord, I said, there's no way I could number that. There's no way I could even tell. That's just in one little guy's life. Could you imagine all of our lives? What he's done in your life. There's stuff he's done in your life that you've not even thought about him doing, but he's done it. And he did it for you. He goes, sacrifices and offerings thou didst not require. Psalm 40, verse 6. He said, that did not desire. He does not want me to, 
He doesn't want you to always give a sacrifice and offering. He wants you to do right. I can't do it. Oh, yes, you can. So can I. Sacrifice and offering that didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Boy, I'm sure glad that one day he opened my ears to the word of God and I was sitting there lost and undone. And he started saying, Mike, Mike, I'm calling. Mike, I'm calling. Do you hear me? And I'm like, and then he directs me up into a little attic in my house and in a box of books that shouldn't even been there. I found a little King James Bible and started reading that thing. And next thing you know, I get saved. You say, what is that? That's the hand of God. Looking down and out of heaven, and he's sitting there and he says, Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings hast thou not required. You couldn't give him what he's about to give you. How are you going to pay for what he wants to give us? Then I said, Lo, I come in the volume of a book. <laughs> you know where I got that thing at? Right there. I found this thing in my attic. It's a little bitty one, too. A little bitty white one. A little bitty one. And it's a whole Old Testament, New Testament, small print. People say, well, that's too small, man. I don't care. I'll tell you what, it might have been small print, and maybe my eyes were a whole lot better back then, but I sure got out of it what I needed. And it's been taking care of me for 43 years. I sure appreciate that. And he, said, to, he says, then I said, lo, I come in the volume of a book. It is written to me. He said, Mike, it's all through here. He said, you know what Noah's Ark is? It's a picture of me. He says, you know what? You know Smacking that rock is no. I told you know I told Moses to smite a rock, and he went and got water out of a rock. Hit that rock, man! He hit that rock and got water out of it. He said I told him the next time to talk to that rock, and he hit it. I got mad at him. Wouldn't let him go in. He said, "You know what that rock is?" The second time, he said, "That's a picture of me going through the Calvary and coming across the cross, and you don't ever have to ask. You don't have to hit me no more. You only have to hit me to get the water one time. The next time, you just have to talk to me to get what you want." He goes, "Mike, I'm all through the book, man." He said, you want to read it, Adam and Eve? Adam, Eve ate the fruit. She should have died and got killed. Yet, Mo, Adam, the first Adam died. He goes, hey, I'm the second Adam. He died for his bride. Guess what I did? I died for my bride. He goes, Mike, you know you're my bride. And I haven't ever figured that one out yet. I'll get to heaven. I'll say, Lord, this world down here is trying to mess that all up. And I don't understand the bridegroom thing. It could just be numbers and words and whatever. But I said, when I get to heaven, I know it's going to be right, so I'm going to believe it up there. But down here, I ain't going to marry no man. I said, you can, I'll tell you that right up. It ain't going to happen. He said, I delight to do thy will, oh my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. Jesus Christ came for a purpose. God gave a vessel of a little baby. We sit there and, and we hear the story all the time and sometimes we forget it. Just It goes in one ear and out the other and, and a little baby in a manger and, and some sheep and this and that and the other and all this other stuff. And we just forget the magnitude of what God just did there. God just created a vessel greater than Noah's Ark ever was. And through that vessel, anyone can come through that vessel to get to heaven. But that vessel is only going to be available so long. He goes on, Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born. This is a story. You're going to read Noah's Ark. You're reading about Jesus Christ. That's what you're reading about. Everything's about him anyways. <laughs> for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Luke 2, 10, and an angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring unto you good tidings of great joy. It should be great joy. You know why it ain't going to be great joy? Because you're outside that door. 
If you're through that door, you know what it is? It's great joy. He says, there, he says, for unto you this day is born in the city of David, or in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be the sign. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. A vessel was made. God doesn't want what you have. He has already prepared for him what he wants. What he wants is you to accept what he's given. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. You know what God's given us? This, he's given us, the church, he's given us a gift. It's a free gift. Don't cost you anything. A door was opened. I saw about that door in the ark. I like John chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbed up some of the way, the same as a thief and a robber. There's a door. And you got to find that door. There's one door. There's one door in the ark. And guess what? There's one door into heaven. There isn't two. There isn't three. There isn't five. Uh, I think a lot of people can get there a lot of different ways. No, no, no. That don't work. There's only one way to heaven, period. And the Lord will guide and direct you. He said, trust in the Lord with all the heart. Lean on him and understand all the ways knowledge him, and he shall direct the paths. He will get you to that door. I don't know about you. I've walked around aircraft carriers before, and carriers are big. Uh, any ship is really big. I brought Beth down to the pier front down there, and, and the Ponce would be sitting there, and you had to go up four flights of stairs to get onto the, the quarter deck uh, when they dropped the stairs. You can walk around that ship all you want to walk around that ship, and you ain't going to get on that ship any other way than up that staircase. Now, you can say, well, I'll jump on the side of that thing, and you'll fall in the ocean and drown probably and get squished. That's what you'll do. <clears throat> you'll get on that ship the way you're supposed to get on that ship. Guess what? You'll get into heaven the way you're supposed to get in heaven. There's no other way. Jesus Christ says he's the door. A door was open. You know that door is still open right now? Brother, we got the greatest story ever told. We got, we got the greatest gift to offer this world right now. And in this season, it's the perfect time to do it. We got the greatest gift. Noah's Ark, God shut that door and everybody on this planet died. Every single man, woman, and child. Every single animal. Every little rabbit. Every little sheep. Every little dog. Every little deer. Every little everything. We love everything. We love everything. I said, no, no, no. I love God first. And the door is open, and it's still wide open, and an offer was made, and it's still valid today. 2,000 years ago, a little baby was born. I didn't tell the rest of the story. He lived 33 years. He was brutally beaten by a bunch of people of his own people. They didn't believe him. The Jews didn't believe him then. They don't believe him today. They don't believe Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I do. I think he's the King of kings and Lord of lords. I've been trying to follow him for 43 years, and hopefully I'll follow him till the day I die. I've watched what he's done through this book. I've watched how people hated him without a cause. If I seen a person do what this man has done, you would think that he'd be the next president of the United States. As a matter of fact, he'd be president of the world. They tried to make him that, and he walked away. Because he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Why? All he was here to do is open a door. The door's wide open. An offer was made, and it's still valid today. John 10, 7. It says, then Jesus said unto the, them again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. You know what? A true Christian will hear the word of God and it'll ring and resonate in their ears. 
And they're like, I don't know everything, but boy, that sure does sound good. And that, that really does sound good. That sounds really, really good. These people over here, they're all crazy, man. They're talking about weird stuff. That sounds really good. Have you ever listened to a rapper? Here's, you know, I know who that is. That's probably a rapper. A lost rapper at that. I don't, I don't know who that is. But when you sit there, and I need to turn it down. I, I made a promise to myself I was going to turn it down, but I, I didn't listen to myself. So, you know, that's, that's what happens. <clears throat> you got to have fun at church, brethren. You got to have fun. Let me make sure I turn it down so I won't get it. I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just power the stupid thing off. I could just jump up and down on it and smash it. <laughs> it is, it's a crazy thing. All of them that ever came are thieves and robbers. They don't hear it. They think they know their way. They don't hear God's way. I pick up a book and just a long-haired hippie, and I start looking at that thing, and I can see it. People say, how did you get that? My brother called me, and, and he told me I was crazy. He says, you've been reading that Bible too much. He says, there's too much learning. You learn too much. You're going crazy. I thought, man, I said, are you talking about Paul or me? I said, Paul, they said that about Paul too. I said, look, all I did is I figured I'd read this book and check it out and see what it says. <clears throat> and it just kind of makes sense because nothing else anybody ever said made sense. I said, this makes sense. He says, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. A true sheep won't listen to somebody who's not the shepherd. You don't need me to actually tell you what to do. You have him. If you're listening to the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't need me. All you have to do is pick up his book and start reading that thing, and you'll see him from cover to cover. I mean, he's all over the place. And then verse 9, he says this, and I'll be done in just a second. I am the door. That door on the side of the ark was one day shut. And it said God shut that door and slammed it and locked it, and the rain came in 40 days and 40 nights, which I believe the earth was flooded. I listened to some scientists, and they said, oh, there ain't no way, there ain't no way. And then I heard this one guy said, there ain't no way that that much water was on this planet. I'm like, you're getting close now, man. You're getting close. You're getting close. You're absolutely right. The water wasn't here. It never was here. It said the windows of heaven opened up and the fountains of the great deep. All you have to do is look up what the great deep is, and you're going to find out that there's a body of water outside around this universe that would gulf this. It would, it would flood the entire universe. Well, there's water on Mars. Well, I guess it would get wet if it came down here from up there. If it rained 40 days and 40 nights and Mars gets in the way, as it goes through. I don't have a problem with that. There should be water all, all over the place out there. It came out of that, if that's true. And you know what? Your Bible's sitting here, and how in the world would any writer even have a clue that that exists out there? If they're, if they're just making it up as they go along. He says, I am the door by me. Brethren, there's no other way. There's no other way. We got the greatest gift. When you got that thing called salvation, you got the greatest gift inside you that now you can give to somebody else. You can't necessarily just go give them. I wish I could. I, I tell people this all the time. I wish I could give them my salvation. I wish there was something I could take out of me and just hand it to somebody else, and they could take it, and immediately they get saved. And it just don't work that way. The Lord says, Mike, you got to seek. Ask, and you shall find. It says, knock, and it shall be opened to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock. Oh, how's it go? It says, ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. You got to look. You got to want that thing. You know, you know what was wrong with everybody outside of Noah's Ark Day? They didn't want it. 
You know what Noah did? He wanted it. And maybe the Lord, when he said, I'll save you and your family, maybe the, the, the incentive was that, hey, we're all going to die, but that's going to be 75 years down the road. You know what Noah did? He put everything off the side and did that. If, if it didn't rain in 75 years, guess what? He's got a house to live in. If it does rain, he's okay. I tell people that all the time. I said, I got Jesus Christ in 1980. And you say, I don't have Jesus Christ. You can't know you're saved. I said, well, I got a verse over in John that just says that you may know you have eternal life. Somebody can know it, and somebody can't. Why can't I be somebody who does? And you be somebody that can't. I'm okay with that. Just because you don't think you got it, just don't wake me up. Leave me in my dream. I am the door by me. If any man enter, he shall be saved up. Past tense, ED. I love that ED on that. That means it's over, finished, done. I'm in there and shall go in and out and find pasture. I have a freedom and I have an opportunity. And I know that one day the Lord's also going to shut the door and he's going to take us away. But until then, we got a stack of tracks out there that you can go. Guess what? Everybody's not going to take it. Everybody's not going to believe it. But you know what I have? I have the gospel that I can title this message, A Gift Not Received. Those people outside that ark had a gift available to them, and they didn't receive it. They could have walked right on it any time. They didn't even question. None of them went up to done no account. Noah, how do you know that was God that talked to you? I mean, I, I mean, I, I know the story of Enoch, and I know the other, but how do you know that was him? No, you don't hear that. But boy, you talk to you know what I found out that's common between all Christians? They'll start. And they say, How do you know that's true? And somebody will tell them. And then they'll, they'll say, Well, but how do you know that's true? And somebody will tell them. And then I remember this old preacher one time. He went out and he'd go out. He said he needed to go out every day and tell somebody about Jesus. And he'd go out and tell people and tell them. This, this guy would come up to him. And uh, he's a friend. He, this guy's a very wealthy man. And he's a great, he's either Tozer or, uh, it was either Tozer or the other guy. I can't forget the other guy's name. But uh, he came up to him and, and he would argue with him. And he'd say, and, and, but he said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. He finally got sick and tired of talking to the guy. And he goes, but, but I need to give him something. So I, I'll tell him, except you repent. And the guy would walk away mad. Then he'd come back, and he'd say something, and he'd, and he'd say, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And he'd go away. And one day the guy came up, and before he ever got to say anything, the preacher said, except you repent. He goes, I want to repent, I want to repent. You know what you need to do? Is you just need to keep hitting them with the word of God. And let the word of God work on them. Not you and me. We're not here for that. You know what I'm supposed to do? I'm supposed to build the ark. I'm supposed to, to, to have the ark in front of me, and people see the ark. You know what my ark is? It's Jesus Christ. You know what they need to see in me is Jesus Christ. They don't need to see this world. They don't need to see the things of this world. They don't see me dressing and acting like this world. What they need to see is me acting like Jesus Christ the best I can. And you know what that'll get? I've watched it for 43 years. It'll eventually change them. You just got to be patient and build the ark. And you know what we do is we build it in our lives. Here's a perfect time. We got Christmas. And a baby was born 2,000 years ago, and he was born in a manger. I believe that. I believe the angels overshadowed him. I believe he was in a place where it was cold and, and miserable, but I believe it was back in September, October time frame. I don't believe it was in December. I've got a lot of stuff for that. If you want to sit down sometime, we can do that. But there's the, the, the time and the seasons and stars and all that stuff, uh, I believe, is in October. But it doesn't matter where it was. He was born. And when he was born... 
the door was opened up. And when he died on that cross, he opened that, flung that thing wide open, and now there's a way in. And he's telling each and every one of us how to get there. And if he's already told you how to get there and you got there, you know what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to, this is your ark. Guess where he's dwelling inside me? Guess what I have? I have the answers. And I can give it to them. But you know what you need sometimes? A little smile on your face. Just tell somebody, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. And when they spit on you, say amen. And when they spit on you again, say amen. If they throw something at you, say amen. It doesn't matter what they, they're the ones that need to walk through that door. Not me. I got through that door in 1980. Have you? If you're in here today and you don't know who Jesus Christ is, I'm telling you, today would be a great day. Anywhere between now and this afternoon would be a great day. And if you don't want to do it today, tomorrow would be a great day too. But you want to do it before that door shuts because that door will shut. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord, thank you for a, a child that was born unto us. And Lord, he is now a king of kings. He is a prince. He's a king. He's the Lord. And Lord, one day uh, you're going to come back and get us out of here and you're going to call us up and we're going to be gone. And that door will be shut. And Lord, uh, to get through, Lord, it will be a totally different thing. Right now it's a free gift. Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone in here today that doesn't know you as their Savior, that you'd open up their ears and their heart. Uh, get them a little bit closer, Lord, that they would trust you. This would be a great year to get saved. Uh, Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the stories all through our Bibles. And Lord, uh, it's a, you said, lo, I come written in the volume of a book. Thank you for a Bible that we can hold in our hands. Father, again, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.